And as I mentioned, there's, I'm going to have another show called Yes Brand. And I'm going to credit you with suggesting the yeah. Yes Brand method because I do this method of helping brands kind of crack through and find their funny bone and, you know, and use this method of just getting real and irreverent with themselves just as an exercise. So I begin, that wouldn't have happened, I don't think, without me taking a step back and thinking about what, what do I want to call myself, you know. So in your case, having so many years in the industry now and sitting where you're sitting, what do you, what do you think of yourself as? Oh yeah, right. Like, how, how do I jump from ca director of casting to podcasting director? Do you, th right, you think right. it's an easy jump? Which are very different things. <laughs> which are two. Theoretically, yes, but also to be honest, l let's pretend like cast is the second part of the word casting, and let's call it people casting, podcasting. What I'm good at is getting information out there where I can constantly be pulling and sourcing information. Uh, casting happens to be people. Podcasting happens to be my audio product. I think flat out I'm a media advisor. I help my right. clients regardless of who they are. I help them leverage their media exposure. I help them find fame, which means allowing, creating opportunities to be celebrated to be seen as a celebrity brand by the super fans who, who need you to be that to them, right? Super fans need a superstar to follow. And I also help them make impact. I often do that by focusing on distribution. So in this world of podcasting, I'm aware that none of us are encumbered by the deals that most networks have put my shows under. Martians landed, yes. wearing Prada suits, yes. drinking Henry's seltzer, yes. chewing juicy fruit. Yes, and your branding here. Yes, brand. Your message here. Yes, and a verse about. Yes, your product here. Yes, I'm Hirsch Redman. Yes, and I'm a message therapist. Yes, and I have a podcast. Yes, brand. That's right. That's it. Yes, we'll help you fix the world. Yes, or your bottom line. All right. Benny's an Emmy Award-winning media advisor. He knows from what he speaks. He was an MTV executive for nearly a decade and worked with tons of big names that are all in the show notes. You can read all the big names. I don't want to get angry hate mail from any of the stars that feel left out. But Vinny definitely knows talent. And he is really helping people now make an impact and also get known and also heighten their visibility. So, Vinny, welcome to the show. Yo, thank you so much. Hello, and to hello, hello to all my little kiddos out, my famous and non-famous kiddos out there. That's so funny. That's um, right. Thanks for thanks for having me. Are you kidding? This is this is awesome. This is an important conversation we're gonna have. And you even just bringing up my MTV background and and then connecting it to what I'm doing today. You make me realize that what I'm literally doing today is what I did 25 years ago at MTV with unscripted talent. And we'll get into the who and the shows and all that stuff. I'm literally doing it with podcasting. Like that's my strategy. Yeah. I'm, I'm finding stars now that I can grow with for the next 20 years in podcasting that will be as big now as they will, well, as big then as, as the stars that I helped create their brands and businesses and launch, you know, platforms and communities through reality TV and on Well, the TV. platforms, it's the medium that's different. Everything else kind of works the same. But one of the things that you did 
and we'll get into your story and all that stuff, but is you helped the central figures in these shows kind of own their image, own their properties, their IP in a lot of cases, I imagine, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the first 10 years, MT MTV owns a lot of, I mean, MTV owns the Osbournes, MTV owns the oh, right, right. It's funny to think of, which is, I think, why I'm so drawn and passionate about podcasting now. I, I truly, firmly, because I've worked with small business owners my entire life, that's what celebrity, that's what they are. Our small business owners are like one people team, maybe 10, maybe 10 executives around them, but that's a small business, if you ask me. And, yeah. and I truly believe that small businesses have always had the power to create culture because I worked with those small businesses at MTV that were celebrity brands back then. Now that we don't have to gate content through broadcast networks, now that we have the right to own and distribute our own content, I still firmly dig my feet down and say it's small business owners. How could yeah. I not be focused on us, the people who became creative by way of having an Android or an iPhone, you know, by way of technology and access to platforms as opposed to what I had to do 25 years ago which was like go the old, you know, go through a brick and mortar and knock, knock right. on doors and go work at a network. You know, taking into context everything that has been going on in the world and all of the instability and impermanence and impermanence should be nothing new. It's kind of the nature of everything, but energy is permanent. But other than that, we don't have much going for us. <laughs> but what as human beings do you think we are looking for out of this world of potential discovery oh, uh, you know I, pr probably questions more so than answers <laughs> Maybe. i think i you know i i hope actually i hope because i know that i know that i've landed on some horrible answers based on some terrible questions and, <laughs> and uh, ain't that the truth That's a great you know? <laughs> quote i'm gonna have to use that oh, that'll be a quote card you know we do these quote cards yeah. to, to promote so yeah. it'll be I've stumbled upon some, what was it? Terrible questions, yeah. Ter terrible um, answers based on horrible, horrible questions. questions. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't mean, I didn't mean to ask. I only asked what I, I only asked using the words right. in my vocabulary that I had in this given moment and, and great, thankful and grateful that I'm connected to a podcast universe where I'm constantly seeking energy, where I'm not using this opportunity as I'm not using this opportunity as much to get information out as I am to get information in Hirsch, you yeah. will always and forever be part of the alchemy of everything I create. I'm careful about who I exchange ideas and philosophies and creative energy with because as an empath, as you brought up, that's, that's how impactful <laughs> that is to the process. And I think that's the coolest thing about podcasting is that when I was in TV, you know, everyone kind of knew somebody getting into TV or was lucky like me was the first person in their family to get in. And, and TV was kind of like a locked industry, podcasting 80 billion different doorways in and we're all coming at it from our own with our own unique experience. You have people like us who can sit here and talk about brand storytelling with doctors and dentists and lawyers and florists and teachers and every person, you know, can now, you know, connect to that. That's a cool piece. You said something that just triggered an idea. And I want to say it out loud real quick because you mentioned about the future of podcasting, this world where we are in a responsive and I couldn't agree with you more. And maybe I'd love to follow up with you and talk even more about the future, the, the anti-future of TV guide. <laughs> Sad for people who, but we were programmed to go someplace to see, you know, we have calendar. I, we're still, yeah. 
on LinkedIn trying to get iCal so that we can see, but we are in an on-demand, I agree with you, on an on-demand future. Think about this. I have Verizon Fios cable. How long do you think it's going to be until Verizon Fios lets me subscribe to your podcast? That's the power of television and broadcast distribution that narrowcasts like podcasts and social media and other like narrowcasts, they have the opportunity to thrive on on television. So when you, what you just said in projecting the future of that, I've never thought about an an ability on my good old fashioned DVR. I'm 45. Mm -hmm. I, I wave my Gen X flag loud and proud. Yeah. And that's the future of where we are. And that's why it's important to create the content that matters, not the content that's necessarily going to get a million downloads and everything immediately, but the content that's going to make impact, the content that you want your legacy to be compiled of. That's what podcasts you know, have the ability to do. But that was a really cool, I never thought, I never thought of that. Like I would a hundred percent subscribe to podcasts on Verizon and listen to it in my living room, like good old fashioned MTV and not have to be in the TV room to know, you know, what's on TV and just hear it everywhere. I think that's super cool. Well, interestingly, you answered my question because you, you stated that's how we're going to leave our legacy. That's how we're going to have impact. And you know, it's funny. I'm dubious when, when, even when industry people write articles in ad week and you know ad age and whatever they're doing op-eds and they say everybody cares about authenticity gen you know gen z cares about authenticity all this stuff and not that it isn't true it's just so what i mean what what is that what are those marching orders don't be full of shit that's what a great what great global advice that is hey you know what don't be full of shit my father told me that when i was 10 years old i don't know what i don't know why that's new right don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, my whole career was based on that concept. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know who it was that said it. Probably my grandmother told me that one. Yeah. You know, By the she way, was a it's, New Yorker. And, and this is the, but this is coming from the same group of people that then say, fake it till you make it. And you're like, wait, come on. Right. So like, I can't, what part of what, yeah. what part kid, where's, where's my freaking truth? <laughs> well, so where your answer resonated with me about my question of what are we looking for what does ring true mm-hmm. is when I hear people say, you know, brands are looking to make an impact. People are looking to have an impact. The authenticity word, I, I don't know that I buy when, yeah. when it's sold to me. The impact thing, though, I, I think is real. I think people coming through the pandemic, people coming through the, the wars in the world and, the, you know, being... You know, whether they're being lied to, everybody's being lied to by somebody. So it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of your own belief system. You're still getting lied to by someone. So, you know, the desire to do something that lasts is definitely, you know, a nerve. And so I think with podcasting, it's the same thing. Like I told you before the call, I had a podcast years ago. I was doing it more as a as an experiment and I, I didn't know anything about marketing it. So the only people who were on it were my friends and the only people who heard it were my friends. And it's like now- By the way, it sounds whole... like my TV career in the beginning, by the way. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know anybody. So like, if you were my friend, you were on, you were in the Tom Green show, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Most did, but I had a couple of complaints. <laughs> I pitched to MTV yeah. back then. Did you know Debbie Liebling? Oh, yeah. I know WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like OG. Yeah. She's OG MTV. She's OG yeah, MTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's when I, we do the meetups. She's, 
Yeah, yeah. She's she's big. So yeah, she, yeah. But when but but when Legendary. she was starting out, I was doing like I, as an actor. She cast me in some stuff on MTV, and it was funny because you know here I was in my early twenties, but she would be like, you know, just keep in mind you're a little old, you're a little old, because because twenty three, twenty four, you're a little old already for MTV. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't wanting to be cast. Eighteen, as a you're a little bit, you know, everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but anyway, but but I was there. I was in New York in those days. It was very interesting to watch an industry emerge, and I yeah. think that's what you've caught on to now with the podcasting thing yeah we have another chance to watch an industry emerge yeah to yeah is it crowded yeah god of course it's crowded but what's <laughs> no. the barometer gonna be for yeah, success yeah it's nowhere nowhere so, close to where it's getting nowhere close you're right yeah right. yeah so a couple things so talk a little bit about about who you developed about some of the talent you developed and sure. how yeah. And then maybe how that applies to what you're doing, how you're helping people. Now. Yeah. The cool thing about working at MTV in the late 90s was because of the destination for culture that it was. I, I knew that it was on television. And at this point in the 90s, I think like MTV was around maybe 18, 17 years. Fox News was just created. CNN was just launched. I was very aware that news networks could be added to TV. Didn't I didn't know hundreds or thousands were coming. <laughs> but I got to MTV in the late 90s where MTV Films was thriving. I got to put Beyonce. I got to cast Beyonce. Actually hold the camera in a casting session and like... Wow. Share an audition with Beyonce. And I'll tell, I can go on and on and on about those 15 minutes of like just pure inspiration. And, and I was hooked, by the way. The thing I loved about working at MTV was that I worked with people who saw the opportunity that MTV presented. And they were, like we talked earlier, they were major storytellers, major people who had never been given this access to this right. tool. This, so I got to work with Sharon Osbourne and worked on the Osbournes and helped launched Kelly and Jack and kept them on track as long as I could. Punked came from our department. Newlyweds came from our department. Hiring Mandy Moore to be a VJ, giving her a talk show at the age of 15 came from our department. I got to cast TJ Lavin in The Challenge. I brought Nick, we got to bring Nick Cannon from, from Nickelodeon and, and I was one of the executives that, that kept wilding out at, at MTV and ultimately Ultimately, I claim I claim my fame that I have two old guys <laughs> right, on MTV right. now, TJ Lavin and Nick Cannon. It's not Rob, although that's the one that we know, but Nick, yeah. Nick, you know. And to be honest, and it's I can just go I can go on and on and on. For, it's a weird story. I haven't said this out loud in a while. For me, it all started. I went down to the studio as I was supposed to. I was at MTV, and I was the guy who was hiring VJs and video video jockeys, people who would in, you know introduce the celebrities. And Will I Am came up to me afterwards and said, I want to host a half hour show. And I was like, you could, that would be awesome. He's like, well, how do I do it? And I was like, oh, yeah. I got to, I got to go find someone to call him. Okay. So Seth, his manager was, I said, Seth, I'll give you a call back in probably an hour or two. I'll come back to you if this is what he wants. I know I can make it happen. This, this seems like something I can make happen. And I called my boss, Rod Asa, who's now the head of, of unscripted programming at NBC, at NBC. We got Will in like a week later, and then I was hooked. Any way I can get art now, I was the guy that can get artists on TV for 30 minutes instead of three minutes because they're going to host a half-hour show instead of just be in the number one 
or the number 10 video. Well, think about Vinny that those are, you refer to them as small businesses, which I really like, Yeah. but, but they're brands. Yeah. And what you're saying to a will I am is I can get your brand 30 minutes of exposure. Yeah. That that's no different in a sense from Skippy peanut butter getting a 30 yeah. minute, actually 30 minutes to talk about peanut butter. So it's yeah, like, in absolutely a way, right. That's pretty amazing. Now, do you know why Will was in the studio? Because he had an album that was out that he shared and allowed people to buy and share and share, yeah. share a playlist, share, share the experience of watching Will I Am host a TV show, share, share MTV got to share in the news. We got the, I remember even like the article that they made about it because I remember being like, they make articles about the stuff that I do here at this network. That's so weird. Like I just cast somebody. I just help somebody do something that they said they wanted to do. And there's like a, a whole article. And then I remember thinking and my second thought was, oh, I got to get my name in this article next time. <laughs> well, you know, I started in PR. And the funny thing was, and I've said this on the show before, so I apologize, listener, if you've heard this before. But for the first several years of my career getting people exposure, my mother would, would say to me, I would send her these articles and she's like, they don't mention you. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's right. They don't, they don't, they're not about me. Cause when I was a little kid and I was in plays and then I did theater and all this yeah. stuff and I was in the dramatic society, you know, then it's always you, yeah. you know, and then you start to do it for other people. Cause you have a knack. I think you like, like I do like talking about people we like. So we kind of like to, we're natural promoters. We just, we see talent and we really respond to it. Doesn't matter whether we have talents ourselves. We 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 recognize it. Yeah. And we and we call it out. And so she was like, "What? Why don't they? Why don't they mention you?" So yeah, that oh, is. That's a, so funny. I remember saying. I remember thinking to myself, you know, I need to get my name in this article because if anybody else reads this, they need to they need to know who to call because there are so many other people at MTV they could call. So right. I need to make sure that everybody knows that I'm the guy. <laughs> and I and I called all the labels and I said, oh my gosh, this is so... And I was already friends with them. I didn't call anybody that I didn't know. And I said, this is so cool. Such a cool win. If you ever have anyone who wants to be a, a, you know, a host, let me know. And then I had a list. Jessica Simpson wants to be a host. Okay, go audition Jessica Simpson. Well... With all due, and I love Jessica Simpson with all my heart, but her being her was her special skill. Her right. reading cue cards and doing live TV and all that crap that that was that's too entertainment, too Hollywood. That's that's actually not her. It was the opportunity to get to meet her and the family. And because of my relationship with that family, we also did the Ashley Simpson show, which actually right. documented the journey of a real artist, like from the beginning. But it was Jess who threw a failed audition, you know, because we had hired Mandy Moore. But she just wanted people to see her for who she was. Stop being compared to Britney. Stop being compared to Christina. And then when she was getting married, it became the perfect bookends for a conversation. You know, newlyweds. Who, what, what part, what young 20-year-old in our audience couldn't relate to wanting to be in love and feeling, you know, this was almost like what, as we're graduating from MTV, the thing we, we start thinking about next you know, it was like well, those adult topics. What I loved about that show was it's so funny because I was a very I was definitely an MTV. Like I was into all the game shows. I was like, a you know, I was a fan of all the shows and Remote all that control. stuff. Remote control. So good. Ken Ober. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Adam, yeah, I know. I, all of those and, were like... and, and being in New York at that time was also interesting because I would be like on the subway and I would be and Colin Quinn and and Carrie <laughs> Wurr would be, would be on the on the subway 
Yeah. And they were famous on MTV, you know, but it was that kind of vibe. But but the thing that was that resonated with me about like newlyweds, for example, was that as much as there was an element of packaging, there was also just an element of people being themselves. And, you know, even when that marriage, you know, fell apart, it was like you really did feel like these were real people. And, and we lost a little of that once we got to like Jersey Shore and stuff like that, where it it became so packaged and so designed to be an assembly line for people to go and do appearances and do, you know, spot, do influencing. And yeah. I think the influencer thing happened after that. Yeah, it and did. Then, and then it kind of took a little of the genuineness out of it. And now the the flip side is that people are trying to get back to that this part is real about authenticity. People are trying to get back to authenticity. Yeah. I just think that talking about it isn't the way to to get there. No, and the ironic part is authenticity. <laughs> you couldn't even say this out loud, but authenticity it's so subjective authenticity. It I think yeah. authenticity I think the word has changed. I think maybe pre-pandemic it was being who you are and i think now when brands use it it denotes what you're going to do it's a forward moving action as opposed to a previous understanding description i think that that's sort of like maybe how why that matters is that if a brand says they're says they're something it, it means nothing yeah and and if they really want to understand gen z and they really want to understand what what young people and i have kids in several generations, in demos. basically, yeah. Gen Z, Gen Alpha, demos. yeah, yeah, that's been a real secret weapon is understanding age groups and yeah, demos yeah. in young people. So I have young adults to what are still kids, and I think you know what they what they perceive is action. They see what action is. They get when a brand does something. Yeah, if they say something, that's nice, and it's nice for them to say it. But if they're not going to walk the walk they might as well not say anything. Right. And I think that that's kind of key to success as a personal brand. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then there's also, I wanted to ask you about the the waters of diversity and, you know, things have changed and in no small part due to the creative industry and, the, and their entertainment industry, but it's always been slow going, you know? diversity, you know, and inclusion. So what's your take on that in terms of having an impact? Yeah, I think that's why I'm focused on small businesses. And again, brands, businesses were, I think that this is, this is where the conversation matters. If I can, if I can strengthen the core communication skills using media or whatever it is that I can do to help business owners, businesses, brands, creators, non-creators, however you identify, you know, be, get, get exposure to make impact. For, I, I think that there's still a creative side to me and I, there's probably a couple of maybe films or, or scripted ideas but I, or scripted ideas that I may pitch in the future. But I, I'm not really sitting around anymore thinking about like what way should I be putting what, – what way could I fracture a conversation? What, what network could – I'm not really looking for unscripted ways to penetrate the market. I don't think that it's as easy for people now – to be successful in broadcast and podcast and now in, in like in the multimedia verse, just based on what television needs you to do for TV. And I shouldn't say this, but like, and based on what those networks need you to do to retain eyeballs for those mm -hmm. networks. 
So like, it's an, it's unfortunate, but it's a downward sloping industry. Television is an industry. Television is an industry based on retention. It's how much can we keep our eyeballs on our network as opposed to where podcast is purely just all about growth. You talk about yeah. diversity, inclusivity. It's where I focus my energy. It's the projects that I work with. It's the people that I get information from. It's who works on my projects. It's the doors that I have to open to go to the places that I need to be at to be successful in what I do. But along the way, all those, all those doors are opened by people that will, as I said earlier, will always and forever be part of my alchemy. And that's something that I lean on heavily. Weird to say this, but I have this like weird make-believe thing in my head about my talent lineage. <laughs> I was picked off the street in the middle of Times Square by Ananda Lewis, who was a VJ back then. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And Ananda was a prolific and is a prolific host who stood for a lot, so much so that she left the network to con continue standing for her values and still does. And just the, the grace and the opportunities that she shared with me to do what I did allowed me to tap into this version of my talent brand discovery. Am I discovering talent brands? Am I making well, them? You, you know? This is Vinny, because I, because I deal with this too mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm getting much better at it. I feel like, but it's taken a couple of years. I think one of the things through this pandemic period has been a chance to start to think about what kind of work I want to do and how do I want to be perceived and what do I want to say that I do as, as work. And I don't, you know, I don't talk about it a ton on this show. And as I mentioned, there's I'm going to have another show called Yes Brand, and it will. And I'm going to credit you with suggesting the yeah. Yes Brand method, because I do this method of of helping brands kind of crack through and find their funny bone, and you know, and and use this method of just getting real and and irreverent with themselves, just as an exercise. So that wouldn't have happened, I don't think without me taking a step back and, and thinking about what, what do I want to call myself? You know, now I say message therapist. Now I think I'm like a message therapist and that blends PR and advertising. So in your case, having so many years in the industry now and sitting where you're sitting, what do you, what do you think of yourself as oh yeah right like how, how do i jump from ca director of casting to podcasting director do you, th right, you think right. it's an easy jump which are very different things <laughs> which are two theoretically yes but also to be honest let's pretend like cast is the second part of the word casting and let's call it people casting podcasting what i'm good at is getting information out there where i can constantly be pulling and sourcing information Casting happens to be people. Podcasting happens to be my audio product. I think flat out I'm a media advisor. I help my right. clients regardless of who they are. I help them leverage their media exposure. I help them find fame, which means allowing, creating opportunities to be celebrated, to be seen as a celebrity brand by the super fans who, who need you to be that to them, right? Super fans need a superstar to follow. And I also help them make impact. I often do that by focusing on distribution. So in this world of podcasting, I'm aware that none of us are encumbered by the deals that most networks have put my shows under. We have the ability to take our video shows and go to so many digital networks, more than we can ever imagine, by the way, because more are being created every single day. There is such a need for content. And, and one of the ways that I, appreci I, I like appreciate and, and I like 
sending people to, even if it's a free distribution, I would ask for in return, maybe advertisement. So like if you're looking, if you're a platform who's looking to carry my podcast, but doesn't have the funds to carry and isn't going to be able to pay me anything for as a podcast, I'll ask for advertising because that's not going to cost you anything. You already have the space, you already have the retail space. And what I'm looking for really is the growth opportunity. So for me, my goal on being on a TV network isn't financial. It's strictly for growth. There's, there's no part of my financial plan with my podcast that I want to have come from advertising. I will not run ads in my podcast ever. Now, that being said, because I don't have guests on my podcast, I have like friends that I've worked with in the past, so I don't get to meet new people. I created I, – my podcast is called I Have a Podcast. I created I Have a Podcast.com, which we just got Google News certified, and I create like – featured podcast and featured podcaster articles on like you and like the people that are cool and in my life and and the same literally if you knew what i had to do in 1999 the amount of talent reports that i had to create to send to all the executives i'm i just do a talent report now for you and i just put it on i have a podcast.com that goes out to google news and is picked up by 5,000 english-speaking podcast based news platforms that are looking for discovery and news and, and so I'm happy I'm happy to create the noise for people and and by the way I created all that just and and by the way, I created that because one I need to be that guy I want to be that guy I, I know what it was like being that guy for TV I gotta be it again from podcasting <laughs> yeah I gotta I gotta this is my opportunity this is you know sometimes but, yeah but you and I but it's interesting because we because we do we do very different sides of what it is because the thing that I that always held me back from going full out as a publicist Mm -hmm. was I wasn't I could do it I knew some people here and there and I knew you know I could get certain niche within a certain niche I could get the exposure for the client because I was embedded in that niche which was the advertising industry but outside of that I didn't know people so it was like you know, I wasn't a publicist. I wasn't a guy who who could say, "Here's where I'm gonna get your message completely out to the mainstream." But you can, you can, kind of eyeball that 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 exposure and see who goes where and see where oh, it, yeah. see where it belongs. I see how and they're doing people, it. People people need that. And my what I tell people. You know, from what I do is before that I say, well, you have to know what your message is. You have to know what you're selling. If you go to Vinny to get you to get you exposure, he's going to ask you who you are. He's going to talk to you about who you are. He's going to want you to know who you are, and he's going to try to help you figure out who those super fans are because it's those super fans that you're going to be famous with. It's not necessarily 250 million people. You don't you don't yeah, need yeah, yeah. you don't need a hundred million followers. You know, you, you need, you, now how many, this is a, this is a good question. Maybe how many followers or super fans does someone need for what? Yeah. Well, how big is a box? (laughs) You know, they want to, let's say one is the answer. One is the answer a hundred to a thousand. I mean, I can give you lots of incremental reasons why it would be valuable to have more and more people, but I got to be honest, 
as you go higher in follower count, you tend to go lower in trust score. It's yeah, not it's, yeah, right. It's not a bad thing about you. It's not like you suddenly become less trustworthy. It's just the law of averages. So you're having more people who don't know you as well as your okay. So let's like so. I would rather you go back, and if you're in a mastermind, I would rather you tell those five people about me than write a blog that goes out in the ether that 5,000 people see but have no clue who you are and don't understand mm -hmm. your weight in gold. That don't understand that when Hirsch says something, and this, and when I say this is a podcast guy you got to pay attention to, that by the time you've taken a move, you're already too late. You got to hurry up and like go, like run. Yeah. This is this is the this is the sign you've been waiting for. So to be honest. To be honest, one because it's it's only one that it's it's one that matters. It's the one that says yes, and then the next one that says yes. And maybe you start combining your two ones because now we're like minded, and now there's a collaborative project that you've connected two ones together that you're not a part of, but you're in that universe. I mean, I, be I believe in that universal law of attraction and energy. So, like, I, I love. I am not tight-lipped with ideas. I am a blabbermouth. I will give you every idea that I've ever had. I will not die with a good idea. And I know there are more good ideas in here that everyone else can make than I could ever make just based on my right. own actual skill set. I'll be really blunt and honest. And that's how I've learned. It's how I've learned to create. I know that as a, as a creator creative, I sometimes need a technical creative or a strategic or, or an analytical creative, you know, person to, to work with and complement, you know, that skill set. Well, that's, that's definitely true. It's a collaborative process. It's, it's, you know, a great idea that even if you put it outside your head, nothing happens unless there's that other person. Like I, like on, like on, like on Saturday, so I always have cereal. I always have cereals in the morning and it's healthy. And what I do is I kind of mix three healthy cereals and then, then I feel like I have some diversity, but it's healthy. <laughs> so that's my little quirky thing that I do for breakfast. So Saturday, so, I, so the one thing that's always in the mix yeah. is total, right? Total cereal. Yeah. And, and it just hit me as I was putting it together, as I was talking to myself, as I often do. I said, total is everything. And then I thought, oh, that's a great tagline because you know you say that these days kids will say oh oh uh that th that's everything oh yeah. she oh sam yeah, Smith she's is everything. everything yeah yeah you know so the idea total is everything made perfect sense but i was like what am i going to do with that well i'm not going to keep it to myself there's nothing so precious about it so i just tweeted to general mills you know total total is every i i told the short twitter size version yeah. of the of the story and on the one hand, by sharing it, it's then it is yours. Right, right. Because you're throwing it out there. But you're also not just, you know, hoarding your idea. You're just sharing ideas because someone might see it and ha actually have a vision for how to execute it or what to do with it or something that could, you know, and that the same goes true, yeah. is true for, for good deeds and ideas and good ideas and charitable things that you could inspire people to do. Sometimes you have that audience right yeah. in front of you and other times the audience isn't there yet to go yeah. back to the super fan thing. You know, I'm not a serial marketer. <laughs> I'm a serial eater. No, but what you yeah. did is you gave, to you gave General Mills the choice, the option to A, exp 
discover you, ex- see, ex- be exposed to who you are. And then if they want to be able to share that moving forward, you've given them something actually kind of fun and sustainable, worthy of, worthy, worthy of a share, to be honest. That's, that's super yeah. cool. And you did it in a way that was loud. If you would have gone on a podcast and told the story and then maybe it didn't ever go on, you didn't take those steps to put it out there. Maybe General Mills would have ended up hearing it and maybe they would have loved it and maybe it would turn into the next campaign and you would get no credit. But because right. you went to Twitter and you, you took this idea and put well, it out there, now you're more likely because they want to give credit. That's actually well, social it's shareable. It's, it's shareable. And you're, it's more and likely the, to come back. Thing, yeah, it's always shareable. Like now we've talked about it on this podcast. You know, a good idea also, if we are going to have some humility about it, good ideas, you know, who gives a shit where they come from? The fact is that they don't go away. Mm-hmm. Good ideas don't really go away. If you do have a script in a drawer and it's re- as it won't go away. Now, maybe, you know, five generations from now, if we want to be hopeful about the fate of the earth, you know, it could be, you know, five generations, somebody opens a box in an attic and goes, oh, great, great, great grandpa had this thing. And it was, this is genius. Yeah, this is great. You know, Westerns are ba- are coming back. I don't know what it is, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, but it's there's but, the, but a great idea sticks sticks with you. It does. And and I think, uh, you know, for us, what helps us get through the day is the notion that somebody's going to say something or we're going to say something to somebody and something will click and spark. Yeah. And we don't know what the end result will be or who it will help. Right. But if we keep talking enough, those things will happen. Persistently forever. enough is when you yeah. say that, right? Consistently and persistently. Yeah. Because if it's just once and done in a vacuum, yeah, could someone hear it? Yeah, but it becomes, you know, you become, let's just say, the story instead of a source. And I think that by being repetitive and consistent, you become the source of that phrase. Yeah. And that's, that's where the real win comes into play. Well, let's leave our audience with something. I like to give my guests the last word and kind of give you a chance to impart an idea that we may have hit on or not. Yeah. But you have the mic, sir. Thank you. Vinny. So what's kind of a parting thought? I'd like to say that there is no shame in wanting to be discovered. We want to be discovered for so many reasons because of the goals that we have in business, because of the values that we bring into our business, because of the people we love, because of the change that we know we're capable of. And, and some of that is more accomplishable when we do it together. And by having a podcast, if that helps me be more discoverable and it helps me be more exposed to a larger audience. And hopefully what you could do is like sh- share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Even if there's like a tiny little fragment of something in here, share it with someone who just needs these like these words and this energy around them that that share is such a valuable such a, it's even before you call me, before you reach out to me, anything that you direct towards me, share this information first, I promise, if you ask me. But whenever it is, that will be the most valuable thing. And, and, and I, I want to, like, remove the shame around discovering, you know. It makes it hard for people to win awards. I like helping people win awards because that helps them stand out. It helps them and makes them embarrassed to ask for credit on certain things i'm a big fan of giving people credit in fact if you're a podcaster and you hop over to imdb and you upload your podcast the things that you can do with getting podcast credit right now on imdb from an seo perspective are mind-blowing and i'm not being dramatic <laughs> no i haven't, I haven't i'm being really like 100 percent honest with that. this it's gigantic 
That's funny because I go to I go to MT I go to IMDb every day, and I'm like, I haven't thought about putting. Oh yeah, so we have the ability the same way Spielberg has ET, and he's an executive producer. You have your truth, taste, funny, and you're the executive producer, also host, also writer, also probably editor. And if you have other editors who work, you now have the ability to give all of those people proper credit, creative credit. And here's the cool part. All of your guests. So I, I've worked on multiple shows. I'm on IMDb. So when you tag me as a guest on your show, this is now a form of discoverability for you twofold. One, it's going to send a signal to Google because IMDb is owned by Amazon and they're like cousins and they tell, they, you know, it's like a family secret. They tell everybody yeah. everything. So two, it's free. You don't even need IMDb Pro to upload credits to IMDb and you have an infinite amount of videos and photos that you can upload in support of your podcast. So if you've made any type of social media content, especially from Instagram where it's easy to download without watermarks, you now have another place to put all of that content. So let's imagine you have this folder of like vertical video for all for Instagram reels. You were so happy YouTube shorts came out. So now you're putting them up on YouTube shorts. Now you've got another place to put them right there on IMDb. By the way, heads up for anyone who isn't aware of what Pinterest is doing, Pinterest video and Pinterest TV, but there's the future of, if you ask me, podcasts on video. So I bring, I bring all this up. Just be, be creating, you know, be, be making content that make it, makes it easy to share you, to share your ethos, to share your story, to share your message. That helps with your discoverability. And if there's anything I can do, any part of it, please reach out. I love working with my friends. That's like my mandate. I don't have to agree with all my friends. That's also my mandate. I'm a well-rounded individual. I grew up in Staten Island. I, I was shook when I got off that little red island to figure out what the, the rest of humanity thought about certain things. And I've just really, I've really focused my time on working with the small business owners who are, who understand how precious earth is, how precious we are, and how impactful one person can be. It's cool. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you, yes, then. subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review, yes, tell all your friends, yes, get your branding here, yes, get your branding here, yes, did I make it clear, yes, get your branding on, yes, before they're gone, yes.